Well, my family and I were traveling across country from Phoenix, Arizona, back to our home in New York State. We had been out in Phoenix for about five weeks, and so it had been a long road trip. And we're coming back home, and we stop over in Amarillo, Texas for the night. We're staying in this little hotel. It's about 8 o'clock in the evening. And we decide, well, let's go out and see. Let's just take a walk. We've been sitting down all day. Let's just walk and see what's around. And, and so my wife and I and my four-year-old daughter, we all go take a walk, and we're along the main road. And I hear, as we walk by this one little sidewalk area, we, I hear this little meowing coming from the ground. I know, as a parent, I know I should not have turned around having a daughter, a four-year-old daughter, yet I did. I turned around and there was this little tiny kitten, beautiful little brown kitten, just weaned off its mother. Mother is nowhere to be found and he's just sitting there and he's kind of crawling toward the road. And so, so oh, well, you can't leave him there because he's going to crawl into the road and die. So I pick him up and of course my daughter's like, oh, I want to see it. Can I pet it? Can I hold it? And, and she's trying to grab at it and of course it's got claws. It's not declawed and he's clawing me to death. And, and so we're like, okay, well, what are we going to do with this kitten? Well, I don't know. We can't take it with us. We can't keep it. Um, so, well, let's see if we can't put it behind the, the motel. There's a back area, there's a fence, and there's a field beyond that. Let's just put it back there and, as cruel as it sounds, let, you know, let it do what it's going to do. And so we go back there and I kind of pry open the fence a little bit and I, I kind of give him a little nudge under there and close the fence and okay. <sighs> All right, now let's go find something to eat. Meow, 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 meow. I hear this little meowing. So I look through the crack of the fence, and there he is. He's looking back at me, meowing. Say, don't leave me. Take me with you. Oh, great. So I pry it back open. I take it, and of course, my daughter's just like fawning all over it. Oh, can we keep it? Can we keep it? Blah, blah, blah. No, we already have a cat. He's like 45 pounds, this rotund thing. Um, and so we go back to the desk clerk and say, well, is there any way you can take this cat? Is, do you know anybody who can take this cat? No, no, no. And I'm holding it. And my arm gets warm and wet. I'm, oh, oh, it's, can you please find somebody to take this cat? And so we, we call every shelter in the book. Nobody's open. And we can't find any. So we go back into our hotel room. And we go into the bathroom there. And it's got a tile floor. So if he does his thing, it's not going to hurt anything. And my wife then goes off to the store to see if she can't find some food. So my daughter and I are in the bathroom. And, and I'm trying to get him to drink out of a little bowl, get some water in him, and she's just petting him. I'm thinking, oh, great, this thing probably has fleas, and, you know, I, you just don't know. And then my daughter looks at me with her big blue eyes and, and says, I know what we can name him. Let's name him I Love You. You want to name him Illy? Illy? What name? Illy? And of course, as a parent, you know, never name an animal because once you do, it's yours. And I'm like, no, we are not naming the cat. We can't take it with us. See, my daughter, as many children, love to take things in. Why? Because there's this innate, natural thing inside of us that's crying out for relationship. We are ingrained, inbred, we are, we are designed for relational community. And the family is supposed to be the strongest representation of that relational community. But for many of us, it's anything but a relational community. It represents more like a war zone. I don't know about you, but there's lots of times that I wonder, oh my, will I ever survive this? How will I ever show her what a, you know, good parenting is supposed to be? Well, we're going to be looking at traits of a healthy family.
And there are quite a few. And obviously, because we're here together, we are wanting to explore that. We're wanting to develop that. We, I, I know you, as well as I, do not want our families to be a battle zone. We want to enjoy them. We want to have great time, rich memories together. Well, one of the first traits of a healthy family is that it is marked by love. It's marked by love, extravagant love. Now, I'm not talking about the kind of love that uh, is so extravagant you give a Porsche on their birthday. That's not extravagant love. That's extravagant spending. It's not the romantic kind of love that we see in Hollywood and in movies and TV where the feelings come and go, and when they go, you're out of love. No, you might have heard this, uh, this statement read, usually at weddings. It's from the Bible. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. Love is gentle. Does not boast. It's not arrogant. Rejoices in the truth. Love perseveres. Believes the best. Love never fails. See, all those things, love is an action. Love is an action. Love, yes, there are feelings that are associated with love, but love is an action. It requires an active part from one to another. When's the last time that you served someone in your family? And I'm not talking about serving dinner. That doesn't count. You're sitting on the couch and you're wanting to watch something and your spouse wants to watch something else. You really want to see this. And she or he really wants to see the other. So when's the last time you handed over the remote and said, go ahead, you watch it? That's serving. That's an action. Or giving something up that you really wanted. You've been wanting this, whatever it is, and you give it up so that somebody else in the family can have something that they've wanted. And you've sacrificed it. And you may never get it. That's an action. Love is an action. 